Hello and welcome to the Hormones in Harmony podcast. I'm your host, Vivian Allred, naturopathic nutritional therapist and hormone enthusiast. If you want to learn how to rebalance your female hormones, regulate your menstrual cycle and reclaim your vitality, then you are in the right place. Each week I will be delving into different conditions such as PCOS, endometriosis, infertility, hypothyroidism, acne and hair loss. Stay tuned for interviews with expert guests, Q&As and solo episodes that are all intended to help you move from hormonal chaos to hormonal harmony. If you'd like to submit a question for me to answer on the podcast, then you can email them to hormonesinharmony at gmail.com. The information shared on this podcast is intended for educational purposes only and is not designed to replace the advice of your health practitioner. That said, let's get into today's episode. Hi everyone, welcome back to the Hormones in Harmony podcast. Today I'm sharing a little bit more about the benefits of chiropractic care with my own personal chiropractic doctor, Dr. Monica. But first I wanted to share a little bit more about my experience and why I even decided to go and visit a chiropractor in the first place because chronic back pain or chronic pain in general has never been part of my health struggles. I've definitely had the odd imbalance here and there and headaches are something that I've struggled with and menstrual cramps in the past but when people think of chiropractors they often think of back issues and that's not the case at all and as part of my job I like to research and be a guinea pig and try different things for myself before I recommend to others so I've been to personal trainers, acupuncturists, reiki healers and I had yet to try a chiropractor. I had seen an osteopath local to me um, a few years ago Uh, again just to try it out and see if there's anything interesting that I would learn but my mum went at the same time because she does have back issues and she had a bad experience with them and they literally just told me nothing's wrong they'd give me an adjustment and they said one leg shorter than the other and you're fine you don't need any further treatment and then when I saw Dr Monica at Warrington Optimum Wellness she was like that's really weird we did x-rays and there was tons of imbalances but I know they work differently and that is a question that I ask Dr. Monica in the episode, but I think in a previous episode, I have shared a little bit more about it. And I do have a highlight on my Instagram sharing some Instagram stories that I did after my adjustments and my, um, my consultations there. So definitely check out that. And I am planning on recording a YouTube video to walk you through maybe an appointment um, on a day that I go to the chiropractor. So the type of exercises that that I do, you can watch me get adjusted and something called traction that I do afterwards. So stay tuned for that one. It will be on my YouTube channel, Viva Natural Health. And if you aren't already, you can watch these podcast interviews um, on a video instead of just listening on Spotify or iTunes. So I started seeing the chiropractor back in August, September, and I was getting a few kind of niggling symptoms. It was mainly just around going back to the gym because we obviously in the UK had the gyms closed for a long period of time, then they reopened, then they, re- then they closed again. So I was getting back into training and my body was really sore afterwards and I was trying to kind of go back to what I was lifting and everything before all of that, which wasn't going to happen, but I was finding that I was trapping nerves quite a lot. Um, like even when I was sleeping or if I turn a certain way or sitting in my office chair, like I am now, I would just keep tweaking my back a little bit and I didn't want to wait until I was full blown kind of not able to move because of pain. So I thought I'd go for that and see if they could just help rebalance my body because I'm all for being proactive instead of being reactive. So I went in um, to Warrington Optimal Wellness, which is about a 20 minute drive from where I live. And I'm glad that I found somewhere so good that was local. 
But if you're listening, you're like, I really want to try it, but I'm not local to where you are in the northwest of England, then stay tuned to the end of the episode today because Dr. Monica shares how to find someone like her who works in more of a holistic manner. The first few weeks of treatment, it was something called an intensive period because after I had my initial consultation and x-rays, a lot of imbalances were shown. And I'll either link to my x-rays and scans in the YouTube video, the episode show notes for here, just so you can have a say what was wrong with my spine and what a healthy spine should be looking like. But basically I had an issue where my head was shifted over to the left and the, the kind of purpose of chiropractic care is to realign the spine and the nervous system so that the body can heal itself. And this was something that I'd overlooked for so long. I was very much focused on nutrition and minerals and thyroid health and all, all of those things. But knowing what I know now about chiropractic health, it really makes a huge difference because if there's these subluxations in the spine, that can affect the way that the messages are sent from the spinal cord and the nervous system to the organs. So if you're doing all of this gut work and you still have a major structural issue, then that could be why that you're not healing or you're not seeing the results that you should be. So I agreed after chatting with Dr. Monica in my first consultation um, that I needed, I, I really wanted to invest and go for the full package just to fix the problems, get it over and done with. And that involved an intense period where for two to three days a week, I went to the clinic. Uh, so it was a bit of a time consuming thing and I'm still going at the moment when I'm recording this episode, but it's really worth it for the long run. But yeah, these are intense adjustments. So you would just go in for a five, 10 minute appointment get corrected. And then after a few weeks, I got onto more of a, I think it's called the corrective, corrective curve, where you do something called traction. So I'm probably going to butcher like what this actually is. And I'm pretty sure one of the staff members there said it was the only, one of the only clinics either in the UK or Europe that offer this style, this style of curve, pretty much these beds that hold you in these positions and they tighten you up. And you can see examples of this on the Instagram page, Warren to Optimum wellness or wait for my video because I'm sure that I'll record myself on them but it's yeah very much state-of-the-art equipment and really makes makes a huge difference if you include that as part of the curse so I've been doing that and um, I have I had three but now I've gone into two exercises one of them I'm on my side and it's kind of pushing my spine or making my spine um, relax into the correct position and then there's one on my back where my neck is tilted back so I have a, a problem where my head is very much shifted forward and a symptom that I was monitoring and they said that they could potentially help with and um, because it's a nervous system symptom is dizziness it's it was triggered by my muscle activation and POTS type conditions that I developed after mold exposure and Lyme disease but it was flowing up a little bit even after moving out of my um my home and doing other things I would still find that I was dizzy I also linked it to my caffeine intake so I've had to reduce that a little bit because it would be worse on those days but I've noticed a massive improvement even my boyfriend has said like you don't get as dizzy anymore because it would sometimes be like every time I stood up I'd get this low blood pressure type reaction um and the other symptom was the frequent injuries and that has improved as well I'm back training like three days a week now and I will be increasing that when I stop my chiropractic visits because that's one of the mornings that I used to go to the gym so I'm excited for that but yeah no issues with trapped nerves or pain or anything like that anymore which is great. And I see people coming in and out of the clinic. And my mum's a patient now. My dad is on, on the way for his first consultation as well. So I'm getting the whole family involved because they have physical problems. 
Uh, another thing that was identified for me was that one leg was shorter than the other. They picked that up last time just based on how I was stood, but the x-rays definitely showed that. So I have to wear a heel lift now, um, just something that I put in my shoe. And my dad had the same issue. So I think from the top up, me and my mum's scans and spine looks very much similar. Her head's just shifted the other way, which was really interesting. And then my dad, from the bottom down, we've got like the same leg issue. And he ended up having a hip replacement when he was 50. There was definitely other factors involved in that, but a structural imbalance. And that could mean that maybe I'm reducing the likelihood of that happening, along with obviously other things that I'm doing. So the first few times I had my adjustments, so where they crack you um, and on the traction beds, I would have these big detox reactions. The first time was really bad. I remember going straight to my mum and dad's afterwards. So my grandparents were around and I was just like a zombie. I just had zero energy. Um, I was really dizzy. I was really tired and just flat and drained. And she does exp uh, explain that that can happen. And in the interview, we talk about what exactly is the cracking sound that we hear, what to expect after an adjustment, because some people feel amazing, some people don't. And even the genetics versus environment. Why is it that I look similar postural wise to my mum and dad? Is it genetics? Is it environment? We discussed that along with how nutrition affects the results, because she told me and my mum that we were progressing really well and what other symptoms chiropractic care can help. But I was having this detox reaction because it was like my brain and my nervous system had, my organs were communicating again for the first time in years, even despite everything else that I'd done. And I think I, it's not like scientific or anything, but I felt like my brain was finally kind of detoxing again. And there was all of these stored, maybe mycotoxins from mold or heavy metals and things in my brain. And after the neck adjustments in particular, because that was the main problem that was causing these brain symptoms for me. Um, yeah, I got intense detox reaction the first time. Second time I went a few days later, I had it, but it wasn't as bad. Third time it was manageable. And then from then on, I feel pretty good after my, after my um, consultations. So that was showing me that there was this healing crisis. My body definitely needed it. And even with the traction on the exercise where my head's tipped back, I really struggled. I had to get one of the staff members there to help lift my head back up afterwards because my neck was just so weak. And now I, I still need help because um, my head's like a bowling ball, as is everyone's. Um, and I find that position quite difficult. But yeah, my head's a lot stronger now. And at the gym, I'm back to making improvements and being able to lift heavy without injuring myself constantly. And this might be something for you to look into because the structural physical piece is very important and you don't have to have back pain to visit a chiropractor because I'm a prime example of that. So I want to share a little bit more about my guest today. Her name is Dr. Monica Hander or Monica Hander Henshaw. Um, that's her husband's surname. She was awarded um, chiropractic distinction from the Anglo-European College of Chiropractics in 1993 and holds numerous other postgraduate qualifications. See, she specializes in clinical biomechanics of posture, CBP, and was the first female in the UK to gain this certification in the technique. She has two children age 19 and 16 who have both been adjusted since birth, and she runs her practice Warrington Optimum Wellness with her husband, Paul. I will link to all of the details and the social media in the episode show notes. So let's get straight into the recording now with my chiropractor. So Dr. Monica, I just started the podcast episode off with a little bit about my experience with your clinic and how chiropractics has helped me because my main symptoms weren't back pain or anything like that. It was more neurological and really just wanted to optimize my health and 
because I'm recommending different practitioners to my clients and different services, I always want to try them out myself as being like a guinea pig. But we've just gone through your official bio, but could you tell us a little bit more about yourself and why you became a chiropractor in the first place? Okay, so um, I'm Dr. Monica Hander um, and my, I'm married. Um, my personal surname is Monica Henshaw. Um, so just in case anyone's ever trying to look for me. Um, I've been in practice for 28 years now. I graduated from uh, Anglo-European College of Chiropractic in 1993. My interest in becoming a chiropractor came from uh, an experience that my mum had actually. So my mum had my youngest brother uh, when I was 14. So there's a big age gap between us. I've got two other siblings in between. Um, he was the fourth unexpected child. Um, and he was troublesome to my mum. Mum was 35 at the time um, when she had him and she developed back pain. Back in the day, um, it was actually not too dissimilar to what it is that people get now which is that um got advice on um corsets was what was recommended back in the day and also bed rest etc but you know mum of four children she wasn't going to be able to do that so it was her health visitor that recommended that she go and see a chiropractor and the chiropractor that she used to then go and see was just a few minutes down the road from where I used to go to secondary school. So I used to meet her um, from school at the chiropractor's office. And it was at the time where I was going to be studying my options. And I realized that um, I knew that I wanted to help people. I didn't want to do medicine um, for lots of different reasons. And yeah, this, this came up. And I remember at my, um, options evening, you know, when you get to choose your options being asked by the teacher back then, um, sorry, the careers advice officer back then, she said, uh, so what do you want to do? You want to become a chiropractor? Um, and what else do you want to do? And I said, I only want to be a chiropractor. I actually don't want to do anything else. And the other options that she gave me were osteopathy, which was something that was potentially something I could have done. And very strangely, um, pharmacy. And I said, actually, I don't want to be a pharmacist a at opposite. all. <laughs> uh, complete opposite, absolutely. But I think it was a misunderstanding on her behalf. She just knew that I needed to choose three different options. And so that's really where it all began. I went to ACC um, and I started there in 1989, graduated in 1993 um, and then came um, looking for work. And I started in two practices uh, back in 1993. I was working a couple of half days in uh, Wilmslow and I was working a couple of half days in Warrington, um, which is obviously where the practice is now. And uh, yeah, I, so I started there. It was the, I've been at the same place since I graduated. Amazing. So you have a lot of experience then. <laughs> I have a lot of experience. In the clinic, there's like a wall of all of your certificates and everything. I was like, are these for all the different people who work in? I'm like, no, they're all just for Dr. Monica. <laughs> yeah, um, I've done a lot of different things. I think when you graduate, when you first start practice, you don't know what it is that you're actually going to be interested in. And that's what I did for the first few years of my career. I, I did paediatrics. I did sacral occipital technique. I did a, applied kinesiology. I did sports chiropractic. I did everything. Um, and, you know, and then and, and I think that my patients have uh, borne with me very, very patiently as I've studied and experimented with them as well and came along. The, but I think the ultimate 
goal for me has always been to try and get to a deeper level of understanding with patients and provide them with anything that is um, more new, recent, cutting edge, and that is going to help promote them in the right direction. Because I do believe that, you know, you've got things that stay the same, but there are some things that just, you know, you get new information with. And I do really, really, I'm very passionate about making sure that I'm delivering the latest information to patients. Similar to nutrition in my job. So there's obviously just like basic nutritionists or dietitians who are just counting calories and helping people in hospitals versus more holistic functional practitioners. And yeah, there's difference with chiropractors as well. There's like just very maybe sports, um, sports ones versus holistic ones. And everywhere in the clinic is all like find the root cause. So I was like amazed when I went in, I was like, this is exactly what I do. Yes, absolutely. So um, yeah, from chiropractic, we, as you know, we talk about a physical, a chemical and an, an emotional imbalance. And I think that with any person, everybody will have imbalances and it just depends upon the depth of the imbalance as to whether it shows up as a symptom or not. Um, and as you and I, I think that's why we connected so well is because of the fact that I focus on the physical component but as I explained at your report of findings that you will get an overspill from a physical into a chemical domain and into an emotional domain as well. Emotional, mental, you know, I, I classify those as um, very much the same thing. But yeah, so you know, that that's something that is something that I very much with the amount of experience that I've now got realize happens day in, day out. And I was very impressed with your intake form as well. It was like, people would think they're like strange questions that you're asking about toxic exposure. But again, it was like this, this woman knows her stuff. If she's asking about some of these things and heavy metals. And I, I told you in mind that mold exposure was a huge factor for me. And I was just chronically inflamed. Um, but I think a good intro question is what exactly is chiropractic? And you mentioned osteopathy before. How is that different? So chiropractors have always focused on the integrity of the nervous system and how the nervous system, you know, controls and coordinates all other functions within the body. So if you don't have a properly functioning nervous system, then you're snookered. Basically, other things are just not going to work as well as what they should be. So the difference, I think, um, is that in osteopathy in the UK, it's very, very similar. The techniques are different, but the basis of osteopathy originally was actually more of the fact that the system, the body and the, um, and the system itself is controlled as a result of the vascular system as opposed to nervous system. So that's kind of historically where the differences are. And in the US, osteopaths are a very, very different domain again they perform minor surgeries etc so they are it's it's a very different approach that we have but in the UK osteopaths would traditionally do a lot more soft tissue work as well as the manipulations that they do they also do more what we call long levered techniques as opposed to small more specific adjustments which is what it is that we call a specific manipulation in chiropractic is called an adjustment. It's the basis, maybe the philosophy behind why it is that we're doing what we do, which is different. 
And what's exactly happening during an adjustment? So people might have seen online these videos and people are cracking the necks and the backs and these really loud noises happen. happen. What is exactly happening during that process? So I, I remember the way that I explain it to patients is that you could teach a monkey to manipulate. Okay, so the generalized cracking that you see on all of the YouTube videos and people get addicted to that, of that you know, those watching those videos again and again, um, the generalized cracking isn't massively beneficial because actually it's a pretty well-known fact that your body can't cope with more than five specific adjustments so if you go above and beyond that you're there's too much input into the system and you're actually not going to benefit from it so the point what what it is that chiropractic is ultimately trying to do is to connect the brain and the body so there is we call it almost like a safety pin cycle so you've got the head of the safety pin at the top and you've got that is you've got a cycle When you have something called a subluxation, which is a misalignment of the spine, that's like a very simplistic term of of putting it, or a restricted movement segment in the spine created by lots of different types of stresses, then you will not have properly functioning nerve flow. And therefore, the point about chiropractic is to improve that nerve flow and connect the brain to function correctly with the body. That's that's it really in a nutshell. And how do we get these subluxations to begin with? Is it just things like sports injuries or just bad posture? So again, take it back to the basics, physical, chemical and emotional stresses. Physically, it's very, very easy to understand. So physically, so if I sit, as a lot of people have been done, stuck in front of their computer screens for hours on end, you will develop poor posture because of the fact that maybe you're, um, you're stuck in a, in a forward head posture. Forward head posture means that as your head weighs similar to a bowling ball, it's going to put a lot more pressure. If you can imagine, if you hold a bowling ball away from your body, it's going to put a lot of pressure and tension on your musculature. And the muscles themselves over a period of time will either become contracted or overly stretched, which creates a strain on the system further. Um, And then the issue is, is that what we as chiropractors actually take care of is the smaller muscle groups between the vertebrae. So not the long ones, not the ones that you can stretch yourself, but the smaller muscle groups that are not under your conscious control. So when people say, oh, I get a crick in my neck or they might feel that they're a little bit, you know, tight or restricted, they may say that in form of in terms of muscular restriction or tightness. But actually, if you are not able to stretch that away or it doesn't seem to go away with stretching, then that should give you an inkling that the problem then isn't muscular, that the problem is going to be something that's deeper than that. And what happens with that is, is that you will have a big muscle that contracts that might be overlying a joint. The small muscles then also contract. And then when the big muscle then stretches, the small muscle stays contracted. And then underneath the small muscle is ligament. And that ligament shortens and tightens over a period of time. That's how it is that you would actually then get a physical change in the structure, in the alignment of the spine. 
We could have poor posture. We can have bad habits, maybe sleeping on your front all the time, maybe sitting in an awkward position, watching the TV for a period of time. Um, you could have a sports injury, especially if you're like a tennis player and you're always just playing. Obviously, you just play usually with one hand dominant. Um, there's very few sports that you would play, racket sports especially, and not many others that I can think of, that, are, that usually it's one hand or one side that is dominant. It's not usually a symmetrical thing. Swimming, cycling, running, triathlons are very good because they're symmetrical. You know, you're doing the same thing on the left and the right hand side. But most of the sports you would find are asymmetrical and therefore usually put pressure on one side of the body in, in comparison to the other. Maybe if you're um, not a typist, but you do a lot of writing, you know, as a child, for example, you know, you, a lot of kids still these days use pen and paper, you know, you're, you're going to be dominant one hand or the other. There's not many people that are ambidextrous or that would write with both. So you will find that you'll have asymmetries between that left and that right hand side. I think physical. People, sorry, go ahead. So physical, that's what covers that physical component. Um, and that's the dominant again thing, which is how it is that people will come to see me is, is that they've had a, an injury. They might have had a fall, a trip, bent over gardening, sneezed, you know, something that could be a buildup or something that's pretty innocuous that then they feel, my goodness, right. What did I do that, that that's created the problem? And it's not just that it's the buildup all throughout that what is it that you've done every single day or what are the traumas that your body has been through all the way through up until the point that you actually come to see me and there might be people listening thinking I don't struggle with back pain so this might not be relevant to me but what are some of the other conditions that chiropractic adjustments could help with because for me I didn't have any chronic pain I was getting like little niggly um like it felt like I was twisting my back a little bit when I was at the gym and I just really wanted to optimize things because I'm all for being proactive and not reactive and waiting till I, I can't move because my back's in pain. Um, but more, mine was more like neurological symptoms. So dizziness um, as a result of my Lyme disease and obviously my spinal imbalances that I had. But what are some other conditions that you can help with? So conditionally, um, I'm regulated by something called the Advertising Standards Authority. <laughs> so I have to be very careful on what it is that the research shows that we can take care of headaches, we can take care of back pain, neck pain, um, and you know we can take care of certain conditions. However, anecdotally, what we find is, is that, um, and I specifically now, take care of a lot of people with big posture concerns. So if somebody feels that they've got a rounded back or if they are very aware of their shoulder being hiked up one side in comparison to the other, um, or their body just doesn't feel like it's working correctly, those are some of the things that we would take care of. But in addition, um, anecdotally again, um, we have a lot of patients that benefit from gut health type of issues, so um, irritable bowel type of syndromes, anxiety type of situations, um, lots of other things. So ultimately, chiropractic isn't a cure for any one thing, because if we are taking care of making you function better, then it doesn't really matter what's wrong with you or what isn't wrong with you or something that you're not aware of, 
everybody would benefit from getting at least an evaluation to see is there something that is you know that could be done to improve you to optimize your function to optimize your health so i have to be careful from an asa point of view but a lot of my patients with my area of expertise now come to see me because of the fact that I do something very, very specific related to posture and postural correction. Do you love coffee, but have been told it's bad and needs to be avoided if you're struggling with hormone imbalances like acne, PMS and period problems? Honestly, most coffee out there should be avoided because the majority are contaminated with things like mold and pesticides which can drive inflammation and those feelings like anxiousness and jitteriness after drinking. But what if I told you there was a coffee option that tastes great, is organic and mold free, and also provides healing properties from reishi mushroom spores? Enter Organo King Coffee, my latest obsession. I didn't drink it for years because it would always wreck my sleep and leave me feeling like an anxious mess. But King Coffee does the exact opposite. Don't worry, it's not one of those fake coffee alternatives made from herbs. And if you've tried other mushroom coffee brands out there, I promise this one actually tastes good and is way better and provides so many more health benefits. If you haven't already heard of the benefits of reishi mushroom or Ganoderma, then let me give you a quick overview. It's known as the king of medicinal mushroom family due to its superpowers such as supporting healthy immune balance and being an adrenal adaptogen. This means if your immune system's overactive due to autoimmunity, or suppressed because of things like chronic infections, and you're not really sure if your cortisol levels are high or low, the ratio can help to balance things out and it promotes homeostasis within the body. It's also antibacterial, antiviral, antifungal, anti-inflammatory, pretty much everything that we want from a product. Because of its potency, I'd recommend starting slowly if you're someone who's struggling with more complex chronic health issues or is sensitive. If you're thinking, why can't I just take a reishi mushroom supplement? Good question. Organo use a patented process to gently crack the inner and outer shell, offering 99% bioavailability of the reishi mushroom spores. I also explain this as being like the differences with probiotics. The regular lactobacillus, bifidobacterium options that we can all buy readily in health food shops have some benefit, but nowhere near as much as the spore-based probiotics that I use all the time with clients. Wanting to give Organo King Coffee a try for yourself? Visit vivanaturalhealth.myorganogold.com. This will all be spelled out and linked in the episode show notes and also my bio link on Instagram. I really hope you love it as much as I do, but now let's get back to the show. And on your Instagram page, you have the little, uh, the people after the treatments have done, holding up these signs saying, I saw a guy help with a reflux or like fatigue. Um, dizziness again so so many things and I've seen a few children and babies in the practice as well how can chiropractic help those so um, again uh, ASA doesn't allow us to say that we allow that we're able to help with colic yet um, but we do help crying babies so babies don't cry for no reason there's always going to be a reason um, and it just depends upon whether you can uncover that or not um, and if we've had a traumatic birth, then, you know, then babies do develop issues as a result of that. You know, I remember speaking to um, a lady um, just a couple of weeks ago and she said, oh, my baby prefers, she was breastfeeding, you know, my baby prefers um, feeding from my left breast. And I said, well, that's 
pretty rubbish, I said, because baby don't care whether it's feeding from the left breast or the right breast. The problem is going to be is that the baby actually probably doesn't feel like they can turn their head as optimally to the left hand side, therefore doesn't want to feed from the right breast. So there's so many conditions again. But what I always say is, is that, you know, get a checkup. You know, it's 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 not that difficult for um, most chiropractors to let you know whether or not they is it an area that they've got any expertise in as to whether they would, you know, be able to help you. So, yes, babies, I don't take care of so much anymore now because I um, I refer more challenging cases to a colleague of mine we've all got something that we actually prefer to take care of but the babies that I do take care of are those of patients that are currently seeing me and say no I only want my baby to see you and therefore I will take care of them so and sometimes I'll take care of the mother during pregnancy um, or pre-pregnancy during pregnancy post-pregnancy and then it's a natural you know turn of events that then they'll say right well I want my baby to get checked as well so yeah amazing and what could someone feel like after the adjustment so I just in the beginning to this podcast experience uh, told how I experienced some worsening of symptoms initially which you did warn me about like a detox reaction I'm totally familiar with that with some of the protocols that I do when you're clearing infections or helping people detox they can often get a worsening before they get better it's like this healing crisis that they go through how common is that and do some people feel absolutely amazing afterwards Yeah, so there's three different reactions. There's obviously those that have the middle of the road reaction, which is nothing hugely positive nor negative. You know, just maybe a little bit of soreness is maybe what they will feel. Then we have, you know, patients that feel, you know, amazing. You know, they are the miracle people that, you know, that they feel, my goodness, you know, I've had one adjustment and, you know, they may actually have been seeing other practitioners as well I you know oh all I need is to have one or two adjustments and I'm going to be fine and I'll you know yes that happens but as I always say you know um those Harry Potter moments are few and far between um most people will have some type of a reaction which is like I said either some soreness or a detoxing reaction which is not a negative thing. What I will always say is, is that if you feel absolutely nothing at all, then that's usually a concern for me is, is that you've had nothing. Um, because oftentimes that will mean is, is that you're actually going to get a delayed reaction as opposed to something that you're not going to ever get nothing at all. Um, so the detox reaction is very, very common. Awesome. Like the soreness is the most common thing. Some people can get a headache. Some people can feel a little bit nauseous. But yeah, they are very, very common reactions. With the types of imbalances that I had, so I had a head shift over to the left, my head was too far forward, I had one leg longer than the other one. Um, So I feel like when you especially adjusted my neck, that's when I feel like my brain started detoxing. Maybe all of these built up stored toxins for a while because I've struggled with Lyme disease in the past. And there's probably some kind of bacterial imbalance going on and heavy metals and things like that. But it was really bad the first time, kind of, okay the second time and then third time it was pretty much gone so yeah trusted the process and I had a few questions for you and particularly around hypermobility some of my listeners struggle with conditions like Ehlers-Danlos syndrome EDS um is there anything that they need to be aware of and there's obviously practitioners who specialize in those conditions but do they need to do anything different 
Yes. So what they would need to do is obviously during their consultation with the chiropractor, they would have mentioned that. And I think during the range of motion testing, et cetera, the, the practitioner will have um, elicited the fact that, yes, this person is very, very mobile. And so what the chiropractor will then do is use more, much gentler techniques. So it, it's just to make sure that there's a whole variety of tools that we can use to adjust you. I can use an instrument. I can use my hands. I can use a drop mechanism. There's so many different ways of taking care of the patient. Um, and it's just making sure that if you have got hypermobility, especially in the neck region, that we go gently just because less is always better than too much because it, it's, it's just not a, it's not a nice experience on either party basically so it, it it's better to go i would always say slower gentler rather than all guns blazing you know to begin with straight away definitely my mum is also a patient of yours now and my dad i think is appointments in the next couple of weeks i've got the whole family on board they actually have more um physical and pain um symptoms than i do but yeah we all obviously can benefit from it and it was very interesting to see because i sat in my mum's consultation as well just so i could have an idea as to what's going on with her and our structural abnormalities were very similar. So do you feel like that is genetic or is it just that maybe we um, lived in a similar environment, have similar postures, similar habits, exercise routines, um, which one do you feel or a combination? So there's a combination because what you're talking about is nature nurture. So nature, you know, if there is a, um, there can be hereditary scoliosis, you know, curvatures within the spine, that can be a hereditary thing that is very much passed down, especially um, in the female line. Um, short legs can be a hereditary thing as well. Um, but a lot of the other postures, so for example, a forward head posture or a way of carrying yourself is more of a nurture thing. That means that from a very young age, we imitate our parents and if we've been in close proximity with that person, and it doesn't actually have to be for a very long time, you know, from, you know, from a very young age, maybe even up until the age of about three, four, five, you've actually got a lot of those blueprints that are there that are then being built upon from your parents. So it, the expression that we have is that, yes, about 25% is nature. 75% is nurture and that will come about with most things. So scoliosis is a big one to watch out for. And then other things. I mean, I had one of my CAs today who had her first adjustment and she said, she said the same as you. She said, my mum and I seem to have, I, she goes, oh, my dad's got back problems. My granddad's got back problems, etc." A back problem itself is so common that I just don't even think that you you should even go down the route of, oh, my goodness, that's got to be something that I've inherited. Because 80 percent of the population, as we know, at any one time will have a will have an issue with their spine. Um, depends upon which end that we're talking about. But I would say that it is mostly to do with nurture habits postural things that we imitating with parents because kids will do that a lot if from their parents and then that then becomes ingrained unless it's addressed or unless it's looked at or you know and then you've you've got that change so I've got two kids myself and I've been you know very very aware of my habits my shortcomings 
you know, um, you know, their dad's situation as well. So I, I'm very much aware of letting them know about the devices that they may use. So you've probably heard, overheard, I'm like the, the Nazi police when it comes to people coming into the office and using their phones in, you know, in that forward posture position. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and I, I may, I don't, I don't have any issues with that. If I'm, if I'm helping people or the kids that are with their parents when they're in there as well, um, you know, I, uh, I, I don't have a problem with that because I feel that it's something that shouldn't be overlooked. It's something that should be addressed and, and, and everyone will benefit from that. You know, I, I, even if it's in five years from now, they remember that that woman who had a go at them <laughs> over, you know, sitting with their phone in that position. I think it, it, it's 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 really important that it's addressed because it is going to be a big thing in the uh, in the coming years. Oh, yeah, that and the electromagnetic radiation that's coming from the phones. It's got a double whammy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And part of, the re- part of the way that you assess a new patient is also through x-rays. So there are obviously concerns for some people around x-rays and radiation, um, but I found that you had a very... Um, kind of different opinion to that and how low dose radiation might actually be beneficial to health so how in your practice how valuable are x-rays and yeah what are the potential downsides if any okay so the not all chiropractors x-ray and there is differing opinions but rather than looking at opinion we'll look at the evidence and the science and the information that this opinion comes from is from flawed science. That means that the, um, the radiation exposure that our bodies can cope with is actually much higher than what it is that you get from an x-ray. Um, so we give examples that a neck x-ray is the same as two weeks background radiation for someone living in Cornwall, for example. So radiation exposure has the same impact. It doesn't matter where that radiation comes from. So that's what we're going to look at. So a lumbar x-ray, a low back x-ray would be the same as a transatlantic flight. So you've then got to think, well, would people not go on holiday to the States? You know, so it's, it's looking at it in context. And yes, you wouldn't have that radiation all day, every day. But if you live in Cornwall, then you do. Um, if you are a jet set, you know, worker who has to work a lot of the time out the States and to and fro and traveling a lot, then you're going to be exposed to that radiation. So it's all about balance. And there is something um, called hormesis, which is a term used for a bit of adversity placed on the body and the body's reaction to that. And there is something called radiation hormesis, which means that occasional low doses of radiation have actually been shown to have a beneficial effect. It doesn't mean to say that you go out and you know, go to the dentist and ask for an x-ray every single time you're there, or if a chiropractor can perform an x-ray that you would then ask them to perform an x-ray, because obviously we've got legal obligations to fulfill. And we do have to go by strict guidelines as to why it is that we would x-ray and 
that I follow those. So if I feel that there is a benefit that outweighs the risk, which is minimal, um, then I would do that. So I don't x-ray pregnant ladies. Um, you know, I don't x-ray kids unless they have, I've got a real valid reason to do so. So if I've got a kid who's got a scoliosis, then yes, I'm obliged to take an x-ray of that person because of the fact that they're going to benefit from that. So I use x-rays um, a lot. I'm old school in that, in that way because I feel that it massively impacts the outcome of how it is that I'm going to take care of a patient. And that's why I am able to use the x-ray. But if all I'm going to do is, you know, use an x-ray to just for the sake of taking an x-ray, then obviously there's, there's no benefit to that. And I think that's where a lot of the problem has occurred is that because me as a chiropractor and the techniques that I use, we use the information gleaned from an x-ray very, very different to a medical x-ray exposure. So that's why it is that so many people in the past may, let's say we're talking about low back pain, may have had an x-ray taken um, at a hospital, for example, and the x-ray comes back negative. They've said there's nothing wrong with it. That's where historically the problem comes because of the fact that the radiologist hasn't found anything on the x-ray that explains the patient's symptoms. Whereas maybe had the patient had the x-ray taken at a chiropractor's office, the information gleaned from that would be very different. Another thing is, is that we take our x-rays, all our x-rays standing. So if you've got a low back condition or sorry, a low back symptom and you're having your x-rays taken lying down when actually you don't feel any discomfort lying down, there's a there's a problem with that because of the fact that you're not actually having your x-ray taken in a normal neutral position. So that affects how it is that you are functioning. So there's so many different aspects to x-ray and the benefits and downside wise personally i wouldn't say that in the recent past i have taken an x-ray where i thought mm, i didn't need to take that i've not gleaned anything from that so from my perspective i don't feel that there is a downside to x-ray dosage you know we've been told recently with guidelines is that for scoliosis you can get an x-ray probably taken every six months just to check on progression. So how can it be that you can take an x-ray to monitor scoliosis and that can't be negative, but we couldn't take an x-ray of someone with a severe or not so severe postural deformity. And it just does depend upon the impact that you're going to have. So some people take an x-ray, don't know what they're going to do with it. Whereas I do stuff with the information that I get from an x-ray. So that's, that's where the differences lie. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it does need to be used wisely and not abused. And honestly, the results that I got and seeing it visibly, what is wrong? I think it just improves the whole, obviously for you, you'll know specifically where the imbalances are. And just for the, the patient knowing, oh, this is the actual problem. 
um, knowing like the changes before and after. I've yet to have my progress, my second progress review, but yeah, I'm definitely going to be sharing some of the before and afters and obviously my experience uh, once I get to that point. But before we get into a quick, uh, quick fire questions for you, I did want to ask about nutrition and how you see that affecting your clients. I know you give some advice and always reminding people of hydration and take your supplements and all of that. But I remember you telling me and my mum that we were progressing really well because we eat pretty good um, diets. But do you often find that people don't hold their adjustments or see any benefits if they're chronically inflamed, dehydrated? Totally. So inflammation, massive. Um, and the other three things that I would say are those that are, as we find you probably to do too, D deficiency, vitamin D deficiency, you know, don't hold magnesium deficiency. So, so many are magnesium deficient as well. Um, and, you know, we've got, so yeah, mag vitamin D, magnesium, and um, I'm thinking, and oh, normally amigas. I would say omegas. Omega-3. Yeah, they're, they're, they're the big ones. So obviously, omega-3 for the general um, health benefits, but it's anti-inflammatory effect. Vitamin D, we think for the same reason as well, the, the anti-inflammatory effect. Magnesium, because of its calming of the nervous system and the impact that it has on general musculoskeletal health as well. So you know, without picking and choosing, those are probably the big three that I would say is, is that we, if I find that people are either not taking, or some people will come and say, right, I'm taking vitamin D. And I, I remember I asked a lady recently, you know, um, how much do you taking? And she brought a pot in, she'd got it from home bargains. She was taking one a day. And we said, well, you'd have to take like 25 of them to actually, you know, benefit to get to the 5,000 IU mark that you need. And she says, she says, well, might as well just take down it all in one go. So, so the dosage, as you know, is important. And the same with magnesium, not, not all supplements are the same. And so the quality makes a difference and the dosage makes a difference. And it definitely makes a different nutrition definitely makes a difference for how quickly someone benefits from their care. So if they are dehydrated, you know, the impact, I think personally, it's all about the inflammation and the inflammatory response that you have. Um, because a lot of our patients, when they come to see us are massively inflamed. So, you know, instead of using heat on the area, we'll tell them to use ice because it's about reduction of inflammation. Um, you know, and that's where it is that the supplementation will come in, especially the D and the amigas is about reduction of inflammation, nutrition, you know, taking uh, green supplements, et cetera, et cetera. It's all about, you know, reducing the um, inflammation within the body. So, that's why I think it is that you progress so quickly is because of the fact that we didn't, there wasn't, there wasn't anything to do in that nutritional department for me. And using ice made a big difference. My mum, she was using, um, she, she had like some neck pain and some back issues. She was constantly using like the wheat bags, you know, the microwave, like warm ones and using heat on the area. And then when she started using ice after your recommendations, she was like, oh, when, why have I not been using this the whole time? It makes a huge difference. And I think the reason that the heat ice um, comes in is because when you think a problem is muscular, then you're going to use heat on the muscle. Makes sense. But when the problem isn't muscular and it's coming as a result of inflammation within a joint, then you've got to use ice on the area. So it's a, it is a big, big thing. And, and I think what I see a lot of patients that may have seen 
physios beforehand and a lot of the physios will talk about a muscular imbalance and I'm not saying that there aren't those there but not everything is muscular and so if you're finding that the heat doesn't seem to help you then let's just maybe try a little bit of a different approach, you know, and just to see if it, um, ice will help the area, you know, and you're going to use it for short periods of time, you know, in a, in a smaller sort of block so that you're not going to use it as big as a wheat bag would be. Um, and, you know, mostly over the spinal region, not necessarily over the area where you feel it's sore. So in the low back, if it's pelvis left or right, don't use it on the left or right hand side of the pelvis, just in the center. And that will make a difference for you just in terms of inflammation. It doesn't necessarily solve the problem, but it helps to reduce the symptom. Very, um, very interesting. So last few questions, Dr. Monica, is there a book that you want to recommend? Maybe just like for the general population on chiropractics or just something that you found interesting? I'm going to tell you to watch this space because at Christmas time, I'm going to be um, putting um, together the final few chapters of my new book. Amazing. But there are um, there's, there's lots and lots of different um, chiropractic style of books around. I think I'm not going to give any one specific re recommendation um, just because most of them are more philosophically based. So it's just about making sure that you find something if you if you want to looking for a book on chiropractic then I would say that you would look at the approach that you think is going to is more down your street so if you're looking for a sports approach or a pregnancy approach then put those um, terms into your search and that's how it is that you are because there isn't anything that is so all-encompassing I think that means that I would make a specific recommendation there is one book that is it's called the wisdom of 33 it's a book that several chiropractors have written a, a chapter in that is for the new Scotland College Chiropractic so that's about the only one that I would actually be recommending because of the fact that it covers lots of different subjects and it's the most recent one that um, I would say gives somebody a diverse information base on what chiropractic is and what potential you can um, achieve by going to see a chiropractor. And I'll definitely be promoting yours when it's out. Can't wait for that one. What's something that you do daily to stay in hormonal harmony yourself? So I know you get regular adjustments because you're on your feet all day and it's quite a physically demanding job, but is there anything that you do daily habit-wise? Um, so I, I, I try and practice what I preach. So all about reduction of um, inflammation. I did a workshop last week, Tuesday, actually, about, you know, um, improving our um, response immune system wise. So and it's all about reduction of immune um, reduction of inflammation. So I um, wake up in the morning. I don't use a negative word like I've got a an alarm clock. I'll call it a wake up call. Um, I do my daily affirmations. I think about gratitude. Um, I take my two liters of water a day. I take my supplements. Um, you know, and and I, it's about the yeah, general reduction of inflammation. So I get adjusted not just because of what it is that I do physically, but because of how it is that I know it helps to balance me out, you know, every which way. So whether I've got a symptom or not, I get adjusted. So, and that, you know, I, I feel it's really, really important for me to practice what I preach. So if I have an expectation or an advisory to a patient to come back to see me, 
on a monthly basis maximally, then I do that myself. I can't tell you to do something that I'm not prepared to do myself. I, you know, I do good gym sessions at least two or three times a week, you know? Um, yeah. And I, I'm not saying I'm perfect. I have the same stresses as everybody else. I have, you know, people to manage at work. I have, you know, um, children, I have, you know, finances to take care of. Um, so all the, but it's, it's about balance. You know, that, that's, that's what I would say. Everything is about, is about not taking on board too much. I use, I use breath work a lot. So, lots and lots of different things i sometimes i dabble in time restricted eating um all again to help reduce inflammation and you know having a positive outlook i think that's one of the things that is very key for me which is that having a positive positive outlook and knowing that yeah we can only do what it is that we can do but given information then then we don't really have any excuses you know that that's what i'm very much sure about that which is that if we've then got the information then we just sit on it then you know then it's a it's a personal responsibility mm-hmm. knowledge is only potential power and i can definitely <laughs> yeah. tell you practice what you preach because you look great and i've heard i was talking to jess the other week and she's like monica's never off sick she's always here and i mean your practice is extremely busy so i, I know it would be like a spanner in the works if you were off, off for extended periods of time so yeah definitely keep go doing what you're doing because it's obviously working for you um, and I wanted to ask if people are local to the northwest area where can they find the clinic and um, where can they find you online and even if they're not local do you have any resources for them to find a good chiropractor like yourself okay so um our practice is called Warrington Optimum Wellness um and we are based in Warrington in Cheshire um and our website is warringtonoptimumwellness.com. Um, and in terms of a resource, I would use something called the United Chiropractic Association. Um, they are um, an association that are very close to my heart. And you would find a practitioner who works in a very similar vein to the principles that I've put forward here. That's where it is that you're going to find someone who's a little bit more like-minded, I would say, in terms of a balance of physical, chemical and emotional well-being, as opposed to just looking at the physical component. You know, it's it's taking about. And I think you you'll find that with a practitioner who has got a little bit more experience. That's that's, you know, but it does depend upon the concern that you're going with um, as to what it is that you feel that you're going to benefit from. So that's that's the association that I would be recommending to you. Amazing. I'll include all of those links in the episode show notes as well. So people can go directly there if they're wanting to find you or that website. So thank you so much, Dr. Monica, for sharing your expertise with us today and for helping me personally over the past few months. It's been a pleasure. Thank you, Viv. I shall see you soon. I really hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did and you would love a free copy of my hormone-friendly recipes guide, please leave me a rating and review and I will email you a copy as a thank you gift. All you need to do is screenshot your rating and review and send it to me at hormonesinharmony at gmail.com. This guide contains delicious gluten, dairy, grain, and refined sugar-free recipes, and all the meals contain specific hormone superfoods. Don't worry, there are no boring salad recipes included. Come and say hi over on Instagram at vivanaturalhealth as I share a ton of free content every day and you can get to know more about me and how I stay hormonally healthy. 
If you haven't already, check out my website, vivanaturalhealth.co.uk for my blog and many free guides which cover everything from clearing acne to gut health and hair loss. If you're ready to identify and address the root causes of your hormonal issues, whether that's acne, PMS, PCOS, hair loss or problematic periods, take that first step today and apply for an enrolment call on my website. We'll use this call to discuss the steps that you need to take in order to achieve hormonal harmony and how I could help you get there. See you back here next week for another episode.